0: Welcome to TTB Community. I'm Elliot Shibley, and here with me is the Recherche, Robert Domena. Each week, we like to bring you insight from authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences.
1: Uh, what does Recherche mean, please?
0: It is rare, exotic, or obscure.
1: I don't know if that's true. That's You're one of true. a kind, Bob. Okay. All right. All right. Fine. There we go. All right. So this week, today on this podcast, we have Andrew Tigre, a close friend of the podcast. This is his fourth uh, fourth appearance on the show. He is uh, he provides insight and runs a company focusing on the countries of Cuba, Spain, Mexico, Peru, and Colombia. Today, we're breaking down pretty much all of those countries. The cultural importance of them, why we like them, uh, why we enjoy traveling to them, it was sort of a broad conversation that sort of encompassed all of the countries that he's interested in, we're interested in, and it really translated into a really fun conversation. Not only did we pick apart the things that we like about those countries, but we also kind of dove into what we don't like about, whether, whether it was like bull riding in in Spain, and stuff like that. So just an all-around fun conversation focusing on those specific cultures. Before we get into the conversation, we have our travel tip of the week, and that is don't go to the front of the line at the gate when your plane is boarding. Sit in your chair, relax. You're on a vacation after all, and that plane will not leave without you. It helps the loading process. It Honestly, it helps your nerves to sort of be able to let go of that is sort of (laughs) a really good feeling. Um, So that's the tip of the week. Uh, Before we get into the episode, this is a few things that we
2: offer.
0: The Traveler's Blueprint offers a travel journal and planner that is available for $7.99 on our website. It is a PDF, so you can fill it out online or in paper, and it is completely reusable. We also offer a Become Your Own Travel Agent five-part video tutorial. Part one is navigation, two is booking airfare, three, blogs, research, and reviews, four, itinerary building, and five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. You can find that on our website, and it is $25.
1: We also offer travel consulting. So for more information on that, go to our website and feel free to send us a DM on social media or an email. Lastly, you can join us. And if you want to, you can can be a part of our Travel Around Table series. That's where we sit down with a group of of travelers, send us your email with your name, your website, and a few travel related topics that you enjoy discussing. And we will get back to you. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint.
0: Start designing your next adventure. That's that was the exact like beginning of the
1: recording. Perfect. (laughs) Who's going?
2: Am I do- Am I? What's happening? You guys go, no? I'll
1: snap this so then we have an indication of where to start. Andrew, welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast.
2: Thank you very much, you guys. Uh, welcome back. I think you mean. <laughs> yes, you're right. Welcome, yeah, welcome back. back. Is it? Did we figure it out? If it's queen, number five. I think. I think it's the queen, okay. The quinfecta, indeed. Nice. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a repeat offender. Back. <laughs> <laughs> and you, of
1: course, you run the company. You own the company, coast to and you specialize in. Explain it for us. I I don't want to yeah, mess anything yeah. up here.
2: No, you're, you're doing, uh, doing it so far. Uh, so yeah, we're called Costa Costa and we do, um, kind of curated, uh, travel experiences in Latin America, mainly Cuba, Peru, different places in Mexico. And we were going to do Colombia, but then, you know, old old COVID happened. So we're still going to do Colombia at some point, but yeah.
1: And our previous conversations include a full discussion on Cuba, another one on Oaxaca, Mexico, which I believe was a very popular episode of ours. Then we had you on as a uh, with with a panel for the travel roundtable discussion where right. we talked about the relevance of history to travel. Correct. Uh, and then what was the other one? Me it was, there
2: was also a table discussion about kind of cultural appropriation and being right, right sensitive while while traveling. Correct. Yeah. For yeah. fun talk.
1: And so today we're going to, I guess, cover a little bit of a, of a broad topic. We're going to talk about the countries that you have tour com- tours in. We're going to talk about how they handled COVID, what people may be able to expect if they go there anytime soon, um, how the cultures managed the pandemic, managed the lack of tourism. And then I think we'll just kind of discuss our favorite aspects of these cultures, these countries, landmarks, all that good stuff. So awesome. We're covering we're covering a pretty broad yeah. area right now. But,
2: around, yeah, they're, they're yeah, like, oh, it's it
1: really <laughs> it's really just an excuse to catch up and talk because we enjoy having you on so much. It's always yeah. a great time, and and like, here we are. And that's all that really matters is that we have fun, right? Yes. It, I
2: know. I, honestly, we it, like kind of like we were saying pre pre the recording thing. I'm like we we'll we'll talk for hours. Give, give exactly. Us a of well, I mean, we're going we're on right? hour three right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we've
1: been talking for three hours and just hit the play. Well, button we're been hit, talking
0: hit, for two, hit, going on three. Holy crap! Right. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we, we're finally rolling into the podcast now. Uh I I do want to take a step back though. So we you just told us what your company is, but give give the people uh information or insight on your origin. How did you get in you know gain interest in these countries, decide to start the tour company? What connects you with these cultures?
2: Um so I let's see, I'm from Southern California. I grew up in an area Uh, that was predominantly Hispanic. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but my family are not Spanish speakers. Um, And we would do little trips to Baja, California, because it's really close. So I remember an early age going to like Rosarito and Ensenada and like little places like that were just a little, I don't know, two or three hour drive away from here. Um, So that was kind of my earlier travel experiences. Um, We did not have a lot of money growing up. So we I, uh, when I was in college, I saved up some money. My sister was living in London, which I always wanted to go and see. Saved up all my money, worked two extra jobs. I worked at a restaurant and then I got two other kind of restaurant busing jobs to save up a couple thousand dollars to get a ticket to go to London to visit her. While we were in London, it was her spring break. And she was like, oh, we're gonna go to this town called Barcelona. I was like, yeah, what's that? it was not on my radar. I did not know how amazing Spain and Barcelona was. and because I was kind of like, I want to go to London, I want to go to London. And I was almost bummed that we were going somewhere else. I absolutely fell in love with Barcelona and with Spain. Um, so I was like, this is incredible. And I spoke kind of broken Spanish and I was like, wow, I can speak in another language, this is so cool. And then I got back to the United States and I stopped going to school, saved up money during the summer, uh, bought a one-way ticket back to Spain to initially stay, stay there for three months to learn Spanish, to do like an immersive Spanish program. And I stayed for four years. So that was kind of my, like, little taste of travel and then into, like, living abroad. And the big question is, did you accomplish what you went there to do? My Spanish is killer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good. I actually lived in this town called Sevilla for two years, learned Spanish really well. And then I moved to Bologna, Italy, and then moved back to Madrid, back to Spain. So my Spanish is four years worth and really good. And then we'll get into this later. I've been working in Latin America the last 10 years. But my Italian is like, eh, it's mainly sort of Spanish, my Spanish is the bomb. Um, my Italian is so-so.
1: <laughs> what right, is man. it specifically about the Latin American Spanish culture that pulled you in? Is it the food? Is it the, the way they conducted themselves, the way they communicate? What what part of Good. it really, what do you like?
2: I think, so like, I was kind of, like growing up, I was always kind of like, I just didn't feel a super con- like fit in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I felt very comfortable immediately when going to Spain, even though it's not my country and it's not my place. There was something, I'm a very kind of like, like loud and vibrant. I talk with my hands a lot. I'm a very open person. Um, as you guys have noticed, Baba shaking his head. Which right? is why, why we here? like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I found in Spain, it wasn't like all this like kind of obnoxious guy. It was like, oh yeah, like that Andrew guy, He's he's normal. Like, you know what I mean? It felt very, I'm like, oh, this is, this like kind of fits. So i spent a lot of time in spain but being again from southern california i was like i went halfway across the world to experience this culture then i came back here and i'd sort of forgotten about latin america itself or i had just been so sort of like spain-centric after that weekend in barcelona that and then the five like four years living there in the year in italy that i was like oh this is like the best is the best well their economy uh, stopped giving me a visa to teach English there in 2009 when when everything crashed i first went in 20 2004 2009 when the world economy crashed they were like yeah we're not issuing visas to Americans to teach english anymore it's only for eu blah, blah blah so i had to i wasn't allowed to go back and live there anymore um so i developed this idea of costa costa um i was working in a Spanish restaurant in san francisco um because i'd lived in Spain for so long and i'm kind of a food person and i you know, worked in restaurants forever in college and stuff. So I took my restaurant contacts and like the food and wine contacts of these guys that were Spanish that would come and I'd talk to them and I'm like, oh, I used to live there, blah, blah, They're like, anytime you come back, we'll give you a free wine tour. And like, this guy makes ham down the street and this and that. So these guys sort of pitched me on bringing people over to Spain to do these wine tours. And I was like, great. So I started kind of putting it together. I was like, awesome. I can get 10 people to go to Spain a couple times a year and it'll pay for my trip. These are my goals, right? Free Spain trip. And then I, like I was telling you guys, I would say, okay, on a good night in a restaurant in San Francisco, I make 200 bucks a night and I'll be gone for seven nights. My goal was to make a thousand dollars and be gone for a week and have it paid for. That was kind of the, the origins of it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And look where it is now.
2: What's that? And look where you're at now. Look where it's at now. It's, it's, uh, well, now currently, currently, COVID right. time, it's not doing so well. But it, <laughs> I mean, it went from going to Spain once to almost 10 years ago now. It was September, it was, it was in 2012. It was my first one. But then, as you guys know, like Cuba opened. So I started working on the thing three years of just like hustling it and grinding it. Then Cuba opened up and it was just like a rocket ship. Like I was in Cuba, dude, I don't even know, 40 or 50 times. Like I would go once a month, like all the time for those wow. years that it was really hot. Um, and it, the company just took off all of that kind of, Oh, I'll make it, you know, a thousand dollars per trip and it'll pay for a free trip. Like that went out the window. It was actually making good money. I was taking tons of people down there to like, see what Cuba is actually like. We started doing Oaxaca. We started doing Peru. Um, it was amazing. I mean, it still is amazing. We're sending groups again, but it, it ended up, it ended up working that yeah. crazy little idea ended up going.
1: The. Yeah. Latin culture is, I I love it. And it is because it's such a vibrant culture. They are really family oriented. They're food oriented. And they're um, like, it sounds like Italian too. Well, it's yeah, so, and this is, where I'm, so this is where I'm going with this, actually, so, and, and this is maybe a little bit of a side tangent, but anyway, that's, so that's some of the reasons that I like this Latin American culture. It's very party-oriented, having a good time, enjoying life, being happy, spending time with the people you care about, and it seems, it feels very positive. It feels very, it, life is a celebration yeah. type of, yes. type of culture. Which I think Dio
0: de los Muertos is, like, a perfect example of that. It's, yeah. like, celebrating, celebrating, not, life- through death
2: yeah yeah Muertos, absolutely yeah, yeah. celebrate yeah. those things instead of i mean not not to not saying that we're doing it incorrectly here but their celebration of death as, as a and mourning of death also is just yeah. a different spin on it's all like there's it's, it's a celebratory people yeah. there's it's a, exactly yeah and it's, it's, very, a, it's
1: very attractive and and then and then you have the natural environment of the countries which is just sure. beautiful and the architecture is beautiful and so it just it, it just makes for a great culture. Uh, and there's just really, that's the best way to put it. But yeah, going I wanna, back
0: to- I want to point out that currently, I mean, you did start with Barcelona and Cuba, but you're now in Peru, Colombia. You're in Oaxaca, yeah. Mexico. You're in Baja, Mexico. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at your website right now. You're in, you do tours in LA and you've got Spain.
2: Yes. Currently we're doing, I mean, currently as in, in a non-COVID kind of world, yeah. we don't really do tours of LA. I'm in LA and I'm from LA and that part never really took off because we just sort of became singularly focused on Cuba. And then I was like, Hey, we should do LA. And it just never really happened that much. And the same with Spain. I was like, I'm only going to do Spain at the beginning. That was like the, the, the idea. Right. Um, And, and I've done in the last, I mean, pre COVID in the last couple of years, I think I only did like two trips, maybe a couple of private ones too, but Latin America quickly became sort of the focus because it's not as hard to get there from California the the it's 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 less expensive and just so amazing and vibrant that it was like under my nose this whole time and when i started to like go down and explore more of mexico and explore more of peru and then when we started going to cuba and all that stuff i was like this is incredibly cool mm-hmm. like it's cool in sort of a more raw and like layered kind of way like europe's a little bit like smooth and i want to say boring but like I don't know. There, it's like, there's a little bit more like. It's not as flavor. edgy. Pardon? I, I, like edgy. It's, it's a little edgier. There's a, like yeah. a little bit more. It's cool. I don't know. It's kind of more DIY. It's less corporate and more DIY, if yeah. you will, in Latin yeah. America. It, uh, in like very generalized terms.
1: What I was tying this back to, um, Elliot, when you said I was of Italian descent. Technically, I am a Latin American. And hear me out on this. Mm. Because oh, okay. so right. so so think about it, right? So so Lat Latium, I think was the the oh, area boy. in right. Italy. In Italy, right? That where Rome started, right outside of Rome. So Lat, Latium, the Latin language all originated in just north of Rome in Italy. As Rome expanded, they ended up conquering more land, specifically Portugal and Spain. Uh throughout the years, other areas were conquered, French took over certain portions of the land, Germans uh, or the the ancestors of the French and Germans, but Spain, Portugal, and Italy were still speaking Latin of you know of some kind, derivative it, mm-hmm. And so Italians are technically the original Latins. Latins, right? Is the and so I'm going to start checking Latin American on all my forms. I'm you're doing you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think though a lot of a lot of sort of like Latino people will say even the term Hispanic now, they're calling it kind of like a misnomer because Hispanic is like of Spain origin, right? Mm-hmm. And then Latino is of Latin origin, like you were saying, which is still European. And now there's kind of a new a renaming of what like kind of uh Central and South American people are wanting to call themselves or how they want to identify and i'm not okay. thinking of the word right now because like la- like you're saying latino was kind of the thing for a long time or hispanic mm-hmm. was the thing mm-hmm. for a long time mm-hmm. and they're like we're not hispanic because we don't want to be associated with the conquerors of spain right they can't i mean they came can't yeah. do that um yeah. and the same kind of with latin they're like we're not um of... it's like a it's like a european way of calling what south america is okay but mm-hmm. As far as Latin American goes, you are, Bob. You are. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I'm not wrong, right? And so thank right. you. Thank you for <laughs> confirming that. And because okay. I see it and I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should check that. Well, should I check that? Yeah, yeah. Totally yeah, right.
2: right, right. I, I did a DNA a little side note. I always uh-huh. thought that there was something, like my family was like, oh, yeah, we like immigrated through, like I knew I had like French and English on, you know, some, but they're like, oh, yeah, we immigrated from, France, like we have a bunch of French in there. And then we came through Argentina, like way back through Argentina and then settled in this town called Redlands in Southern California, right? And I was like, cool. So like I must have some French in me, or maybe some Argentinian along the way as people were coming through or whatever, like something, mm-hmm. something of that thing. I did a DNA test and I'm 55% English and 45% Irish.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Nothing
2: else. Wow. That's hilarious. Wow. That's funny.
0: Yeah, I got I got mostly German, uh, Scottish or Welsh
2: and then okay. I got like 1% Middle East.
1: Oh. I have to I have to do mine.
2: I'm do you, do them? It's interesting cuz you're like I'm this one thing and then they're like you might not be that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it stands it's right now?
0: Cuz I thought like my my grandparents on my dad's side are, my I should say my grandmother's 100% Italian, so that uh. would based on the rules of uh my tosis uh then I should be 25% Italian and i'm not i'm like and Whoa. you're not
2: you're like yeah. there's yeah, yeah yeah it's like everybody thinks that there's a, that they're this amount of thing or it kind of becomes family lore and then this thing's like spit in a vial and we'll tell you what the, the if the lore is true or not yeah right yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah
1: so go, so going back to south america we we might go on several tangents throughout this we'll conversation well yeah uh but you know you're you're ultra focused on the region and with covid and how it's impacted travel and the people can you speak to how some of these countries and you could pick one or talk as broadly as you want but how have they handled covid what is tourism like now is it picking back up what's going on um, down
2: there? so kind of it kind of depends so like so places like peru right so like around cusco cusco's main Economy is tourism, like their main, you know, money money source is that. So who like around Peru, Cusco, Machu Picchu area, they were severely limited at the beginning, and it was very very hard for like that whole region because they rely so hard on tourism. The Sacred um, Valley, Sacred Valley, exactly. Yeah. But also too, it's so so much food comes from the Sacred Valley that they were like money short, but they weren't food short, which is great. So yeah, Peru never Peru never starves. They have like in that sacred valley even back like back in the inca times they would sort of get say, send food down to like brazil if brazil's in hard times or whatever like peru that that whole little area is kind of the like this bread basket so food wise they got by but economically hit really hard um cuba had to completely shut down their borders and didn't let people in like okay so cuba did let people in a little bit and then covid blew up and in july covid became such a problem that people, uh, such a problem around these tourist areas. So they wouldn't let people go to Havana. Tourists had to come in, go into a bus in Havana and then get bused to this area called Baradero. That's like this beach town that's very out there. Tourists didn't wear masks. They weren't respecting the rules. And in the town of Matanzas, which is right by there, a huge outbreak of COVID happened when they had it really like tight and contained and there wasn't that much COVID in Cuba initially. So the government was like, screw this, shut down the borders until November 15th, just, you know, what, a month ago or so, Um, two months ago, I guess now. Um, They reopened the borders, but then they, because of, it's basically, they kind of reopened the borders as we're kind of chilling out. And then the new wave of kind of Omicron and stuff came and they had to not close their borders again, but just have really severe restrictions on if one person tests positive for COVID. The whole group that you came with has to quarantine for 14 days in a Cuban hotel, so their tourism is not up and popping again. Um, we've sent so we've sent two couples to Oaxaca for Day of the Dead. I didn't go. I have a new baby. She was born on October 30th, so I don't know how until she's of an age that I can bring her to Day of the Dead. I can't really go to Day of the Dead anymore, <laughs> you, but also it'll be fun when she's of age and we can go. But um, we sent these two couples down there. They loved it they said it was great mexico was open people were wearing masks it was socially distanced they said it was awesome they had to kind of limit the amount of like parade parades were there but which, which is kind of cool like it was it wasn't jammed with people they were like okay been in the restaurants easily they had a ball um we had a couple that went to peru same thing they were like i mean it wasn't day to day but like not super crowded felt really safe everybody had masks like our guide you know, nailed it the whole time. Everything went really well, da da da. like they're sending us pictures. We sent these other women on a, um like a sourcing trip. They do textile stuff to Peru also in like early December. They said it was great. So we're like sending these people. I haven't been out in the world cause I have a baby uh, again. I have a baby, and I can't leave anywhere. Uh, but it from all accounts, like, well, from those accounts, mexico in, in places and in Peru in places, it's opening up and and feeling comfortable again. Cuba, we had a group that was supposed to leave yesterday. They had to delay their trip again. So I can't really speak to the situation on the ground in Cuba, but just from what we know with our people there, it's open and ready, but then they had to restrict it a lot again. They keep keep kind of, you know, opening and not opening.
0: I guess with Cuba, though, did, I feel like tourism recently started, at least from the United States, Yeah. Cuban tourism started to open up maybe 10 years ago.
2: Uh, when in 2015 Obama kind of lifted the the tourism ban
0: okay so that was seven years ago so yeah. I, how much had it picked up prior in in through 2019
2: uh it had it had picked up a lot so it picked up 2015 we did our first like two or three trips there um I went there right away to kind of like figure out on on a trip back from Mexico in December. no no in March of 2015. We we're on the way through and I was struck up conversation with this guy in a restaurant who was a Cuban man in the Mexico City Airport restaurant. And he was like, Your president just opened Cuba. You should go down there and check it out. And I was like, Oh yeah, like I should do that. He gave me his card. I didn't end up working with him. He was like this really big wig of tourism. And I was like, wow, this is like very fortuitous. So I went down to Cuba to check things out. So we did a couple in 2015 and it was like there's a lot of interest, but everyone was kind of hesitant. 2016, it really peaked, 2016, 2017, it really peaked. Um, When Trump came through, and I don't wanna be political, but he came through, he got elected and he immediately started talking badly about Cuba and being like, we're gonna tighten things up and they're the enemy and blah, blah, blah. And tourism really slowed down again because people believed that it was not legal to go to Cuba again when that was just not the case. He kind of proclaimed that you couldn't go there. When you could go there, and we had licenses to take people down there, but people were like, the president said we can't go, we can't go, and it really fell off. But then eventually, with uh, companies kind of being like, no, 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 you can, and sort of promotion of like legal Cuba travel, uh, it kind of was going back up. We've always been sort of, I mean, it dipped a little bit in like the end of 2017 or 2018, and then we were kind of ticking back up and still doing a lot of Cuba stuff because that's like kind of what we're known for. Um, and then 2020 happened, and it's just been. Like, no one's going to Cuba. But it was, okay. it was, I think there'll be an influx again post-COVID. Good to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because I, yeah, I so-
0: mean, Bob and I have <laughs> talked about Cuba basically since the beginning of the podcast, and we've always been really interested in it. And it seems like it's a kind of a short, a shorter trip, at least from the East Coast and even from Sa- yeah. Southeast United States.
2: For Southeast United States, it's super close. I mean, you're, you, so, like, we would send people from New York, and it's a three-and-a-half-hour flight only. Right. To Havana, yeah. so you guys are kind of, <laughs> of on par with that location. Yeah,
1: so it would be about a three-hour flight from Philadelphia. Yeah. is where we fly out it, of.
2: Yep. But do you do like New? If it, if you do Newark, if is Newark close to you at all, Bob? Yes.
1: yes, it is.
2: So Newark had mad cheap flights that were three hours direct and back, and it was cheap and and direct. So it was like three hours down and three hours back, and it was like two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars. So like, oh Yeah. And
1: it's cheap once you're there as well. But once right? you're
2: there, it's not it's not terribly expensive at all. Um. It's not, so they have, like, you would, so there's a different thing in Cuba. Well, things are switching now, but as it was before, there's kind of like a tourist currency and then yeah. a normal Cuban ter- currency. So you, as yeah. no, non-Cubans, would char- would be charged more, but it's not expensive to, like, United States standards, you know? Yeah. it's right. I, I,
1: To the listeners, very quickly, if you are listening to this, we did, we covered Cuba in depth when Andrew right. was on first. Elliot, do you have that podcast number by any 57. chance? Cool. 57. If you're interested in Cuba at all, check that episode out because we did. We broke down the currency, uh, right. how it's exchanged, the differences in the currencies, all the great locations, Havana. We talked right. about cigars and caves. And it was a great, yeah, it's great, great conversation. Cigars
2: so. on horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. It's right, fun, yeah. man. I'm club I, in a cave. There's a club in a cave. but yeah. my our our guy, like our one of the guys that we work with, who guides. He's he's from Miami, but he's Colombian he goes down there and leads tours around if i if i can't or we'll we'll kind of tag team things he broke his foot he broke his foot dancing in the cave there and i was like james what happened he broke the the smallest bone i forget what it's called on the outside of yeah toe, right cuz he was dancing so hard but he in the cave it's like slippery on the floor and he was just uh... with the group he claims that he wasn't dancing that hard but i was like how hard were you dancing to break that tellers he it's it's a place. That so it's not like back. he
0: fell; he literally broke it while dancing.
2: But he like slipped kind of on the floor, and apparently, like kind of rolled funny and hit like um like a, a fence sort of yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and okay. like a barrier. Like a post. Um, yeah. and then he didn't get his toe actually looked at until the very next evening because he's such a dedicated dude that he was like, "I'm good, I'm good, I'm good." And then I was like, "Can you please go to the doctor and get this fixed?" And then he had like a cast on his foot. So That's it's funny. you dance so hard, you break your foot, guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So uh,
1: you you have so much knowledge about these different countries and um, Oaxaca or Mexico Cuba Peru, Spain. I'm curious to hear some of your favorite similarities, and then maybe favorite differences. Hmm. Like what 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 ties them together? Because they're tied together in some ways, right? They're all yeah. And 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 then what sets them apart? What makes them unique from one another? And I know I just put you on the spot with this question. No, about, no,
2: no. That's okay. a good question. Uh, so one, one thing—the one thing that comes to mind—that's like a huge similarity in Latin America and in like, as in and and Spain, right? So like Europe, Latinos, let's say, and 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 over here, uh, and and even including like people from Mexico that live in my neighborhood and things like this. There's a deep sense of like community or like saying hello to each other like you're not strangers like if you pass each other on the street you say hello you say hello a lot more and people are kind of more more connected I've, I see it in Peru I see it in in Cuba It like anytime if you ever buenos dias someone they always buenos dias you back there's never a time that someone will like not if you tell someone good morning in America they'll maybe just not say good morning to you it doesn't matter that you're there live on the same street or whatever. And I feel that that's not the case there. They're like, we're all sort of in this together feeling, mm-hmm. um, which I very much like. And I, I think it's it's really, really nice. Um, there's layers of differences. Food is a big difference. Cuban food to Mexican food to Peruvian food is, is totally different stuff. Um, some of it's kind of similar and like they're great. Like there's rice and beans in a lot of them, but how those are prepared are different. Mexico's super spicy, Peru can't really do spicy uh, Costa Rica we were talking about uh, before the thing they don't do spicy at all Spain the same thing they like you crack pepper on their thing and they're like whoa it's so spicy so like food wise different because that's sort of regional what they're used to what comes from there um economic levels of economic sort of depression or or influences is, is kind of a thing so like Cuba, it's you know, government controlled and very hard to kind of make a living there. So it's way more hustly than somewhere like Peru. Peru's kind of more chill and Cuba's like, hey, 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 can I like get you this thing? Cause it's a little bit more survivally. So it's become kind of part of the culture to like, let me show you around, let me drive you in my car, let me right, like do right. itching you things a lot. Um yeah, it's but they're extremely resilient and they can figure stuff out because they've had to a lot, which is good and bad. Um mexico i think mexico is my favorite of, of all my well my, my my people um i find just a warmth there it's funny uh it's layered because there's layers of like problem with government stuff or problem with like narco control of things or violence or things like that like there's a lot of shit that goes down there that's not reflective of the most of the people that live there um that i find is really unfair and they're still through all that kind of shit they're still super nice and friendly and like open and like people being open in the face of adversity i think is like a really good testament of them just being rad people so i'm that's kind of my and i'm biased my wife is mexican i'm from la la is super like mexican in general so yeah
0: well and we should note that we've we mentioned it earlier in the episode but your oaxaca Episode with us was 98. If you want to go back and listen to that, and yeah, I will say, favorite. I mentioned this before the recording, but one of my good friends said it was her favorite episode so far
1: fire, I've
2: fired straight fire, straight fire. fire, fire. fire. <laughs> yep. Nice,
1: all right. We might have to edit this out. Um, Andrew, the you, should we talk about the shootings in Mexico? Are, do you do you want to? Like, I don't know if that's something that you know what I'm talking about, Tulum and there was the one on the beach should we even bring that up oh, or bother with it i don't
2: i don't know enough about what happened with those ones cuz it was like okay. kind of in the last like there was a narco guy who like did an assault like who shot people on a jet ski or some shit right there was,
1: there was one that, was yeah. there was there was a, a few one was a travel blocker. like this instagram girl got killed sitting at a restaurant oh, in Tulum like just just killed in crossfire oh. and and then another one is like these two drug dealers were on the beach at like some luxury resort in like, yeah, like or and, food or food. Something. Yeah. and they were saying that you know if you need drugs come hang you know come to us and that word got out and 13 guys on a dinghy pulled up to the beach and shot on the death and jumped in the dinghy and left in front right. of luxury guests
2: right 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 yeah um I, all right, we don't need to talk about it i yeah, didn't know. I know enough about it too yeah yeah
1: all right. all right uh how are we gonna jump back in uh, Yeah.
0: So well we were we were just talking about how uh that was a favorite episode and the straight fire so i think we're okay. not good to just jump into anything
1: yeah so i i loved that episode you opened my eyes to oaxaca honestly like that conversation prior to it i i think i might have heard of Oaxaca. i don't even oh, know yeah. if i did i don't remember at this no, point I, But i
0: when know we... the only thing i knew from oaxaca was oaxaca chocolate
2: yeah the chocolates really was really famous like mezcal is from there too which ah, people are starting okay. to kind of know more about but yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and and well, one, so a few things. So one, I I do want to schedule schedule you again at some point in the hey. future to specifically talk about Day of the Dead. I think okay, we, I think that deserves its own conversation. Oh,
2: it's so interesting. And
1: right. I think it, I think, I'm just, you know, throwing a, a few seeds out there, but I think it might be a good place for us to organize our own tour and bring people and maybe meet you one day for yeah. Day of the Dead. And maybe uh, we could do that at some point in the future. I don't know, I don't know. hear that, I, listeners?
2: Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that idea.
1: If you're if you're if if you are listening and you are interested, shoot us an email and we'll put you on a list. Uh but uh when is Day of the Dead again? What month is it?
2: Uh it's at the end of October. So the day kind of switches, but it's end of October into beginning of November, usually around like
1: Halloween
2: like October 29th, 30th to like November 1st or 2nd. But we have our trip our trips are always where you get there before and and after. So like you get there while they're sort of setting up and you see the city like set up and start to fill up and then it's like two or three days of like the city's packed maybe even four days of the city's like packed some of it we leave <clears throat> we go to a little town called mitla m-i-t-l-a which is in the sapotec so like Zapotecs were the people that were there pre-spaniards they had there's like three thousand year old um like temples and pyramids and stuff in oaxaca and then in this town of mitla is where the sapotec people would bury their like royalty and aristocracy because they believed that that town and like this temple that they made to bury their, like their wealthy, basically the wealthy were able to come back. Like that town was the first, um, like, I guess like the first sort of signs of day of the dead stuff is what they claim in Mexico where they would bury their wealthy there. And then one time a year, the wealth, the dead could come back through this, like this area where that the, the the how do they kind of call it like the area between the film between death dead and alive people is kind of open and they right. can just kind of cruise through so that we go to that little town to do their day of the dead for a couple of days because it's like this little tiny town but it's like sick day of the dead like really cool or neat like the Oaxaca one is big but it's kind of like a bunch of people go there and this one's like more town town and it's really like original and old school okay it's Badass man, yeah. it's
0: so fun. Well, I know. Really um really I guess the one I remember. I guess in popular media, the one I remember the most is the beginning of Spectre, James Bond. Oh
2: yeah, 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 totally. And they're they're that one's in Mexico City. In Mexico City, yeah, which didn't have a Day of the Dead until Spectre, and then they're like, oh shoot, people are coming here from Mexico City. We got to start doing one.
1: Oh really? Uh,
2: for people, so like Mexico City is is kind of a newer newer more modern city in, in, modern city in Mexico, and they don't. They didn't have that tradition there. Like it's in some areas and kind of not in some areas, like it's more in the South than in the North, for example, okay. right? it's like generalizing. Um, they shot the Spectre thing there because it's super cool visually, Day of the Dead, right? And yeah. then people were like starting to show up in Mexico City or showing interest in going to the, the, the Day of the Dead celebrations in Mexico City. So the city of Mexico City was like, let's throw some party, dude. We got to put some Day of the Dead stuff together. Wow.
0: So on? that was the inspiration for them to do that
2: correct they, it's ah. kind of the curtain for the horse they're like yeah. yeah look at this mexico city day of the dead and then people were like cool so you do that there and started showing up and they're like they had to like you know supply wow. that i
1: really i really like the disney movie coco's depiction of, day of the i dead. was
2: gonna say that i was gonna offer that up coco is a really good they actually did a very good job they hired a bunch of like local of mexican people from specifically these towns that they celebrate it to like do it right and they did it really right yeah. yeah it's a good
1: movie it's a really good movie the music is good elliot have you watched that one i uh so amanda
2: and i
0: watched the beginning like 10 15 minutes and amanda got to the point where she's like
2: yeah i don't think i want to watch this anymore because i'm gonna cry <laughs> it's it's a tearjerker it's yeah. super a tearjerker i'm like oh, every time i see it i get a little yeah. a little reflect. but it's it's really well done it's, it's it is really pretty and nice. so i, I think i can convince her to watch it yeah yeah
1: yeah and, and staying in theme with with disney and south america they just released not too long ago the movie yeah. in, canco, in canco right which is also a good movie yeah i, and I, I believe that's brazil
2: it, uh uh colombia colombia you're right you're, yeah. right you're right you're right i haven't seen it i okay so we uh, peep so one of my main ladies in oaxaca right and we talk about this whole like because one of the things so after coco so first of all we start. Started doing trips to Oaxaca in 2014, right? So like a while ago. I was working at a restaurant here in LA that did Mezcal. It had a really good Mezcal and tequila program. So I studied and learned all this stuff about mescal. And I was like, this sounds fascinating. I need to take so my first group down to Oaxaca, uh, to Oaxaca for Day of the Dead. There were 25 of us. It like caught on like wildfires, way too many people for just me. It was wild. But like friends and family kind of thing. And everyone's like, me too, me too. And it ended up being this huge ass group. So we went in 2014 and we showed up to Day of the Dead and they were, I'm like, what day is it? And like, when did the thing start? And everyone was kind of like, eh, I don't know, not really. No, you guys are here for that. Like, what do you, why? Like, and then we're like, it's day of the Dead. It's supposed to be so cool. And we'd like, heard, we'd known about it being Americans a little bit. Then we got to Oaxaca and they were kind of like, yeah, really, it's, everything is not super scheduled in Mexico in general. It's not like a, it doesn't run like you have to do it. It's like the, you know, Thanksgiving, like the third Thursday. Like every time they're kind of like, I don't know like around this or that and it kind of varies from city to city like what day is what so we got there and then the decoration like all this it was so fun but it was like very like it was not very polished let's say right it was like they it was a huge celebration it went on for days and all this kind of stuff but it wasn't very polished and then i did one in 20 what year are we know so 20, i did another one in 2016 we didn't do 2015 because we were doing cuba a bunch I think i did another one in 2017 2018 and then continue 2017 2018 2019 and it was post coco and it shot up in like production value like really? all of a sudden there was like way more floats way more stuff the city thing was completely decorated and there were way more people and I, my guide Gabriela was like after coco it shot up interest in day of the dead so again oaxaca was like kind of like mexico city they're like let's put this thing together nicely so it, it, but it, was it, did they do it for themselves or did they do it specifically for tourism? It's me. so it's a lot of in internal Mexico tourism that does it. So they just, okay. there was more interest. So they just pumped up the, the the amount of sort of resources, I think, that were going into it because it be, then became, it's tourism money, but it's kind of local tour, like local to Mexico tourism sure. money. Um,
1: that's
2: cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it cool. was super cool and not in a bad way. And I'm one of those ones that's like, you know, I mean grew up very like i love diy and like punk and things like this right and even still to this day i'm like oh, i was there before it was cool like that's like a thing <laughs> that, like I, like, mm-hmm, it's like it's like, it's like music it's like i discovered them before they were mainstream not exactly, yeah exactly 100 it's that, right i'm like oh, i was in oaxaca before coco right but <laughs> it's way better now they do it better it's a better production there's more people which is annoying and it's harder but we have our hotels locked in and all of our all of our stuff that we just rebook every year yeah it's a better they've gone mainstream but it's so much <laughs> better dude. it's so much better maybe because i'm 40 now also i'm like me mainstream dude.
1: yeah right yeah. yeah well you know they're, they're giving more attention to it they're focusing on enhancing the
2: experience absolutely yeah. and, and so it, it's less, yeah. less like you know haphazard or whatever they're like it's gonna we're going on the 30th and then the 31st is this there's much more of a schedule now there's much more of the city municipality is like putting more you know, decorating money into it and this and that on like the local churches and stuff. So it's like, boomed. I feel like.
1: Are there any other similar events in other countries that you would recommend people visit in Peru, Colombia, Spain, anything else? Like, a, like a major event of some kind, whether it's cultural? Let's, or
2: Let's see, there's carnival in Spain used to be so much fun. I don't know if I could do it anymore, because you basically just drink all night long. Um, and I'm old. But not like, just all
0: night, but like three days.
2: Multiple days in a row, correct. Yeah. I lived in Sevilla in my 20s, so in the south, and the town of Cadiz, which is very near where Columbus sailed from to come to here, mm-hmm. um, to discover us over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was
1: air quotes there. There <laughs> air quotes. For the people listening. For the people at home. <laughs> yeah. it,
2: was very, it was severe sarcasm. America was not discovered. It was already here. <laughs> um so in this town uh, they do it's something to do with lent it's like 40 days before easter catholics say that they're 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 supposed to do i don't i'm not catholic so it's like you're not supposed to like be bad before easter so right before easter th- right before this 40 day lent period they like while out so they, it's like three days okay. of kind of like the carnival in 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 brazil in yep. what's like in, in rio and stuff yep a week before the 40 days before easter they just party down and then so they're like sort of dry for 40 days leading up to easter so it's kind of
0: like it's kind of like the purge
2: it's kind of like the purge but with just booze and less violence it's they just purge down uh and it's like they get it out of their system yeah Fun of political people and all this kind of stuff, it was so much fun and parades yeah. and things like this for days on end. Yep, and
1: I
0: know
2: to one- I know people oh, go, go to
0: that. So Rio's big, I didn't realize it was that big in Cadiz as well or Spain, yeah, but yeah. I know Italy does a big carnival. Italy
2: does carnival kind of um, in again in selective cities, they'll do it, and yeah. it's not everywhere. Yeah, and in the then, country of Liechtenstein, yeah, the tiny little country, of Liechtenstein. They do a badass carnival. Okay, because
0: mm-hmm. I I studied abroad in Bonn, Germany, and I happened to be there oh, yeah. for carnival, and that was it was huge in Cologne specifically. Oh, they yeah, have yeah. like a two mile parade, and yeah. they, I think they throw out some insane tonnage of chocolate. Like yeah. it's not like the chocolate we get in the United States for like Halloween,
2: European chocolate.
0: Yeah, they throw out like full one pound bars of chocolate.
2: Oh, dude that's nice wow
0: yeah it is and they'll like depending on your age if you're over 16 they'll hand you a beer or if you're over 18 they'll give you like a little bottle of like one of those mini bottles those travel bottles of
2: liquor Uh uh-huh because
0: it is and people bring i kid you not people bring like cases of alcohol to the parade route
2: the things yeah they're real booze heavy those 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 uh carnival celebrations and
0: everyone dresses up
2: Yeah, and it's all costume-based and stuff, right? Yeah, that's the other thing with the Spanish one, too. Spain So cool.
0: It's so fun.
2: It's so fun. That's the other thing. It's really celebratory in other places. Like we're we're kind of boring in America. No offense, Americans and myself. You think so?
1: Though you think so? I I, I don't know if I I don't know if I'd agree with that we. I feel like we look for any right. excuse to party. at St. Patty's Day and yeah, we're, that's
2: we're, we're just taking we Yeah, we just sort of are yeah. like, oh, we'll, you guys, we're we'll using other day. ones right, too. Right. Yeah, St. Patty's Day. We're like, I'm not. I mean, apparently, I'm super Irish. I didn't know, but it's like <laughs> we'll we'll kind of like assimilate these different groups and be like, yeah, yeah, we'll do Cinco de Mayo. Like, I, I do, even, yeah. even
1: labor day is a party weekend yeah, yeah. Uh, memorial day and so i don't know i don't know i think i think,
2: I think other countries do it way more often like we we do some and i think like for, for example like spain think, will do, they'll have a national holiday of like say a labor that. day let's say on like a thursday on purpose to make you take off friday so it's like if they'll schedule their holidays uh, for like a tuesday or a thursday to get the whole block weekend off, and they call it a Wednesday and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's on da da da. The Tuesday of that thing is like the Saint Day or whatever, and they'll schedule it so that they can get, get more time off. And the government is like sanctions that they they're cool with that. Instead of being like well, Memorial Day, you get this one day off and then it's right back to work, they're like take Tuesday also. Like let's let's round up on the amount of time off. Yeah, right. That's it's, nice. They're, they're liberal with their with their right. <laughs> 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 Um Yeah, they're. Uh, Other like, let's see, I'm trying to think of other sort of like cultural celebration things. Oh, Spain. Okay. One thing I was going to say, Spain has Las Fallas, which is like in Valencia and they make big, like, um, huge kind of like sculpture things. And then they burn them down and they just do firecrackers and all this stuff. They have the running of the bulls. They have the Tomatillo festival. Um, they have all sorts of Tomatillo festival uh ooh, somewhere in the north i don't i don't know okay. i actually really hate tomatoes so that one i was always like hell no so isn't again.
0: that isn't that where
2: you destroy tomatoes it's like you destroy them and you but you throw them and everyone's covering each other yeah. in them and stuff it always seemed real gross to me i'm not in I'm not into super, that. super cool that one in the
1: running of the bulls the, the running of the bulls uh just doesn't i feel like if you
2: combine those that'd be
0: really dangerous because then you couldn't tell what was blood yep. Yeah, <laughs> didn't you just slip everywhere? Ah, you
1: can't i
2: thought you can't. were saying
1: you'd throw tomatoes at the bull
2: at the bulls yeah. well no, they, they also there. don't like red oh yeah 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 they right. get rolled out at red yeah that bad, bad combination i think they have to be separated those ones yeah
1: i i just read something. they just had it i guess a few months ago and i was reading something i think someone might have died this year
2: the running of the bulls yeah
1: what? uh someone might have but it's only happened like four times in its, it's history not- it's so it's rare. You'd likely, think yeah. it, yeah. You'd think it happened more often, but I believe someone might have died this act this year. Wow. Uh, Elliot. Elliot is googling. It. Oh, I'm. I'm
0: currently googling it. Um, right. So it seems like the last one. Oh no. Yep. October thirty first. Man fifty five bleeds yeah. to death after being gored.
2: Ooh. Wait. During but, during the running of the bulls in Templea.
0: But of- was that? Yep. At bull running festival in Onda. Wow, Yeah. and so that, there's and only you're... been sixteen
2: deaths, oh, so it was only sixteen ever, right? Yeah, and Which it's been going like on for very... people do it, and it's been going on for hundreds of years. So yeah, I I still don't like
1: those odds. To be no. <laughs>
2: I'm not. I yeah. I I mean those odds.
1: Move.
0: I think those odds are actually better than climbing Everest. Well, yeah, probably. I'm not doing that either. Though I'm not doing that either. That's that's fine.
2: Yeah. Even when I lived, <laughs> I lived in Spain, and I was in my 20s, so like less. You know, like I definitely wouldn't do it now. In my twenties, I would have been more like adventurous or more like yeah. I'll do I might thing. have, I may have went but to go to see what it was about or something. I still didn't go. I was like eh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. It seems a little wild to me. It seems a little wild, but yeah.
1: it seems a little bit barbaric. It's a little bit. I don't know if barbaric's the word, but maybe, maybe like uh. There's oh, a there's uh, kind of a shift yeah.
2: of like they don't they're not like yeah I don't think they aren't trying to do um they're trying to ban bullfighting yeah. in Spain. Mm-hmm because i it's think it's pretty random. close
0: to it i think i mean over 100 cities in spain have already banned it
2: i've already i was gonna say it's it's when i was there 10, more than 10 years ago now it was on the cusp like barcelona had banned it so they're they turned their bull ring into like a commercial center with like craps and like cool like cute stuff yeah they had these massive like stadiums Huge. where they would have bull fights yep but now a lot of them the south in Spain is still it's kind of similar to the south here. It's still very like Spain, Spain, like old school bullfighting, flamenco, like that okay. kind of stuff like traditional Spain things happen there more. Um but I would imagine I mean things are just it's so okay, one thing that I did do when I was there, I uh I mean, did a lot of things in Spain, but one of the things was like, yeah, I'll go to a bullfight. That would be great. Be um an, a girl I was dating's grandpa took us there and he was like old school and like smoked cigs and he would like give me cigarettes and I'd smoke with him. you know, in my twenties, um, back in the day. Uh, and <laughs> he was like, yeah, men smoke, right. You smoke, right. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll smoke it. Um, so we went to a bullfight and it was rough, dude. It was like, not. And he's like, isn't this great? Look at the art and this and that. And it's like, they cut the neck tendon. So the bull can't like go like this and oh. stab him with these little like spear things. Yeah. So think of like the, like whoosh, whoosh, like ole. And like the, the, you know that where it goes through and it's like that part is very cool like f- art form wise but they're just poking this thing and so it's slowly like her, her, like getting slower and getting tired and you see blood spurt out and you're like they're basically like slowly stabbing this thing this huge animal to death over yep. like this period and then i was like oh this is gross actually this is not it, they're not just dancing with them they slowly murder a bowl. Like, yeah. And I'm not even a vegetarian or super, you know, but I'm like, it's kind of.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It, it, is, world, it is, it is for
0: show. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it yeah. seems like a lot of the places that did bullfighting and have banned it have transitioned to like bull shows where they'll still yeah. do like the.
2: They still respect the, the animal or want to use the animal a lot. They do the dance yeah. the and they'll do and more of
0: like beautiful. artsy or uh, I guess more theater with it Well, they'll have right. someone who's. Almost like a gymnast jump over the bull or something. Jump
2: over them, do kind of tricks. The again, like the part with the 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 it's called torero, but like the bullfighter guy, he has to like have this sort of dance with a bull that I really did find cool. What I didn't find cool is like before round one is like these guys on horses jab spears into a bull, and I was like, that's not fair at all. Like the guy standing there facing the bull that we think about is like round like four, yeah. where the bull is already bleeding and tired and has its neck thing like where it can't go like this and stuff. And I'm like, this isn't as like elegant as I thought it was going to be. But I do like the part where they're sort of squared off, you know, bull versus man almost and they have to kind of like dance around him yeah. and like sometimes do flips and stuff. It's pretty that part's pretty cool. But the killing it slowly part I was less into. And then there's a huge thing of blood on the thing and they have to drag it out and shit. And you're like, Oh God.
1: (laughs) It reminds me of what I, what you read about the Roman Colosseum where they had these animals for show and they were malnourished and they were essentially, they would die at the end and it's pretty, pretty horrible stuff. Uh, Lightening up the conversation. Can I, can you tell us, and and this is just a brand new question, brand new topic. your your top five favorite landmarks, things to do, places to see throughout all of the countries you offer your tours. So out of all of them, so we have what: Spain, Mexico, uh, Cuba, yeah. Peru, Colombia.
2: Yeah, we're we're doing Colombia. We're supposed to be doing it, and then and COVID happened. We're not. So we're have, gonna offer. It. Yeah.
1: So we you have five countries. What are your top five things that you would recommend to people that they go see?
2: In what like one in each country?
1: No, not one in each country. Just the top five. They could
2: all five be in In Spain if you if that's yeah yeah. This is a good question. I'm like off the cuff. Let's see. Yeah, Uh, Machu Picchu I think is absolutely breathtaking. So it's one of the things that it's it's a tourist destination of course, but we do Mm -hmm. the the one day hike up to it. It's breathtaking and amazing. Um, I like to go off season when there's not a ton of people there. I've done trip tours there in August before, and it's it ruins the experience because there's so many people in it it's like if you're ever in like a really awe-inspiring place and then you're bumping shoulder-to-shoulder people it takes the awe out of it
1: that is no longer going to be the case though regardless of time of year because they they change the time blocks and everything and so which i think is
2: really great i said why so i we i've done one of the times up there our guide it was like basically empty and he's, like, does this, like, meditation thing with us and played a flute while at Machu Picchu, like, in the whole thing. And you're just, like, feel like an eagle soaring through the sky. Yeah, right? <laughs> that must have been
1: mystical. <laughs> that was that magic. place, there's a moment where you, you, we walked up. So Elliot and I walked up from Aguas Calientes, uh-huh. And you enter, like you would a, a park. Mm. You go through this, tra- you, you follow this trail. You go through a wooded area with, with canopy cover and then you come out to this overlook and it's your first view of Machu Picchu. And if you're part of the group that goes in the morning, there's this mist sort of lingering over the city. And then as you're there and as the sun heats it up, the mist rises and it is just,
2: and you can uh, see it moving. The mountains, oh, yeah.
1: Oh man, what what like an e- experience! It. The senses, you know, everything. Your, the, your sight and your the sensation of being in the mountains. And you look around you, and you see the peaks of other mountains and the, the construction. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the best places to visit in, in the world.
2: I agree. I agree. it's it's not overrated. You know, some stuff. Right, the right. Agreed. Cool. Agreed. Um, sticking to that theme uh, that of things that could be potentially overrated that are not is a classic car in cuba it's such a touristy like a tourist trap thing to do it is the bomb it's so fun you just pick out a cadillac of your choice and get driven around and they'll play reggaeton and the tops down and like all this stuff and it's like definitely like a tourist or photo instagram moment, which I'm not as into. I love back, like, back roads kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's rad. It's so good. That's it's awesome. not overrated. I'm taking fun. your word for it. Yeah. yeah I will a, say,
0: uh, slight tangent, so uh, my wife got, my wife and I got married on July 3rd, and so we were big fans of, like, the 4th of July weekend, like, hanging out with family, partying, doing that fun yeah. stuff. Um,
1: yeah.
0: And... We my our hometown does a Fourth of July parade every year, and so there's usually antique cars in there. Oh, cool. And one of our family friends has a restored Model A, I believe, like oh. a Ford Model A from like the 1930s. Fine. And so we were in that for the parade route in our like wedding attire. Oh,
1: really? As
0: like a just married car. That's so cool. Yeah, it was so fun.
2: That's but very- like
0: classic cars. they they're so interesting. It's
2: so fun. I'm not even like specifically like a super car person. And then you throw yourself in a classic car and you're like, this is awesome. I yeah. get what everyone's talking about. Yeah. Right, right. It, right. It's, it's really rad.
1: So um, we have one, number one is Cuba. Are these
2: in any order? No, I'm just kind of throwing okay. them up. All right, so we have, so we have, have I'm course, sorry. We yeah, have Machu
1: Picchu mean, and we have the classic car in Cuba. We have right. three more.
2: Um, let's see. I, I feel like one of uh, time... So this is going to kind of sound sound kind of morbid, but in the town that I was saying that's outside of Oaxaca called Mitla, we went to a cemetery and they were preparing the graves of the cemetery for Day of the Dead, right? So like you go to the cemetery at night, but I was, on a spe- I was leading a specific tour where it was people had to do market research and speak to local people about their experience with death and with Day of the Dead. It was this very interesting market research for like this large company that I had to do. So, my job was we had a guy, like a local guide, um, to bring us there who was like a local historian in this town. She's this super cool lady. She was like, We're going to go. And as they're preparing the grave, so like for Day of the Dead, they clean the grave and they put flowers and they decorate and all this kind of stuff. So, my job required on that time to go to the cemetery, it's like backstage before the show kind of thing, and then interview all of the families in a very intimate moment, being like, Hey, like, uh do you mind if i ask you a couple of questions and at first as okay so again with this whole difference between the the things i really love about latin america they're so open to it i was like i'm so sorry to bother you as you're cleaning your grave your family's grave we have questions about like i'm from the united states we wanted to know how are you feeling and how what is this experience like for you and they're like it's so great we're like it was amazing we basically were in this tiny little cemetery with the local town's ladies mainly and old grandmas and stuff cleaning up graves and decorating their graves they were fully telling us stories about day of the dead and about what happens and about all of these sort of like their beliefs and their customs and their culture about it it was one of the best on the way home from that one we stopped at like a rug factory and there was uh the woman was like oh my gosh it's as we're shopping for top she's like shoot it's almost three o'clock and i'm like what's at three o'clock she's like that's when they come help me set the table and i was like we're gonna leave like that it's day of the dead time and i'm like we'll get out of your hair i'm so sorry i'm so sorry like we'll roll out of here and she's like no 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 help me set a table stop apologizing let's go <laughs> I do my work i worked in restaurants where i set up a table for like there was like seven or eight of us her her husband her two kids the aunt and uncle i set up a table at like 12 like putting up stuff out blah 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 She's like, great, sit, eat a tamale, blah, blah, blah. So we sit and we eat tamales and they have this huge altar. I'm helping her kind of finish up decorating the altar. And they, she's like, sit, have a tamale, have mezcal. There's a big two liter of Coca-Cola that's very, you know, very customary in foreign countries. <laughs> um, they, and they were, she was like, oh, they're here. And like, literally she's like, they're here. And sure enough, it was around three o'clock when that day is supposed to be the thing. The wind picked up. She's like, the wind will come. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. And it did the, like the, what's it called? The curtain kind of blew and they had the door open and we're like, whoa, all of us are like, whoa, this is crazy. And then she's like, yeah, this is their altar. And she's telling us about her family and their uncle, this and her uncle, that one of the big breads they have, it's called pan de muerto. It's like this big, this loaf fell down off the thing. And I was like, what? And the lady's like, yeah, that's like uncle such and such. Like he's a real jokester. And I was like, what? And I'm like, this is so weird. And like, it was just magic and they just kind of anyway i don't know if that's a thing that i could ever replicate or yeah, right to that unfortunately but well, maybe day of
1: the dead maybe maybe the it's just a day the day dead, dead experience like, right
2: when, when we do these trips we'll do them with this local historian that'll take us to like you know the graveyard beforehand and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. that would be i mean that one might even be number one just that whole experience in general it was like breathtaking and crazy and i like very interesting very interesting um let's see oh uh we do a shaman so this is the thing that i highly recommend that people go to uh, cusco we do a shaman walk um behind so the city of cusco is on the hill as you guys know and if you walk literally from like um sun Blas, the area that's like way in the top up and over this one hill there's there's old archaeological sites that aren't touristed anymore Sexy so, like, woman. B- uh before that so like sexy Woman is kind of up and further away. These ones are like, no one goes there. They're off. They're not on like bus, uh, like tourist routes okay. at all. You know, the card that has all the stops. Yep. Uh-huh. So the shaman that we have, he'll like, like play the flute and like have us smell different like herbs. He'd like cleans your aura. He does all these types of things. And like, there's something kind of magical about Peru and their sort of spiritual end of it and kind of their old temples and all these things. And it was a similar thing. We went to one it was a temple of the wind and the wind picked up and we went to a temple of the sun and the sun came out and I'm like, this is just nuts. Like, how do you guys plan all this stuff? So (laughs) uh, that those temples, Sacsayhuaman is amazing. Again, Machu Picchu is really great. But then there's ones that are like un, that are kind of forgotten ones. Yeah. um, That's something super cool.
1: That's something that I learned in Peru that Machu Picchu is not unique in the construction. Right it's unique in its location right and you see ruins just like it throughout the sacred valley as you make your way from cusco to machu picchu right there's i mean tons tons of ruins and that's only that's only what's in the sacred valley there's a great book called turn right at machu picchu where this guy retraced the the expedition of uh bingham bingham Aram bingham who you, you know Let's do air quotes again. Discovered Machu Picchu. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> right. Discovered Machu Picchu, right. And in his book, he discusses all of these other archaeological sites that he found fascinating and really unique. And uh, not unique, but just, I guess, interesting and outside of the main path. Right. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that I learned when we were in Peru. That
2: there's a bunch of They're everywhere. A lot they're of everywhere. Bunch of there's one – I can't remember the name of it right now. But it's supposedly much bigger than Machu Picchu and way it but you have to fight hike four days in and four days out. So people don't really go to it that much because it's obviously like a schlep to get in. And yeah, I know what
1: you're talking about. I, I don't get the name,
2: name either. Of it. I mean I would love yeah, to say that. Yeah. 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 So there's yeah, so
1: What is that? for What's the last one? What's one more? <laughs>
2: Oh, I found the Colosseum in Rome. We don't do trips there, but I found the Colosseum in Rome to be, like, incredible and sort of, like, mind-altering incredible. I was like, this is, like, a piece of history, and it looks the same as you would think it would look, and I found that to be really cool. Rome. It "It looks just like I thought it would.
1: Rome is fascinating. I I don't know how this ties in. See the conversation. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah there, there you go. America. There you go. Yeah,
2: no, Rome Rome is
1: is amazing. I love that scene.
2: Yeah, same. archaeology. It's really cool. Words yeah, I think those would be those are just off the cuff five things that I could think of now. I mean there's mm-hmm. just so many. There, there's there's I mean, a plus awesome. the uh that I yeah.
1: yeah. Two two of
2: which we actually got to experience, Bob. Sick. There you go. Yeah, yeah.
1: nice. No, there's three. Three. Machu Picchu, Rome, Colosseum, and then uh, the the ruins in Peru. And the ruins
2: in Peru, cool. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: And Day of the Dead, I think it's highly likely. Actually, Elliot and I, that was, so it, people who listen to the show know Elliot and I went to Morocco recently. But Day of the Dead was one of the things that we were contemplating. Uh-huh. covid with COVID and large crowds and it was just, yeah, you know, yeah. not the ideal year. It, totally. It's, you know, you don't want to go to a big party, even if it is going on, it just seemed like you had sort of diminished the ultimate experience that you're going for because there's a the sure. pandemic. So we kind of yeah. held off and,
2: well, hopefully, let, let me know. Let I me know think it's, it's a good year. idea,
1: man. I think I think we have to discuss that offline and see if we can put something yeah. together. Um, and again, if, if you're listening to this and you think you would be interested in hanging out with the three of us, plus other people as well, uh, at Day of the Dead, shoot us an email. And, and it'll be nice to know that we have people interested. And so maybe that would push us to actually put this together.
2: It, yeah. We could do a Cuba version of this same thing also, that if you guys yeah. wanted to bring...
1: bring Absolutely.
2: To the- some listeners slash friends along right we can like we, we nail it in cuba and we nail it in in uh, absolutely in yeah
1: so, nice yeah. andrew all right. yeah
0: before we get into our next round which is a rapid fire question round oh, you. have you done I, one of these yet i don't think I don't you think have, have. No, no wow it's it's
1: yeah okay. It's fine. okay all right so there are five all
0: questions right. but we'll get into that so before we get to that Please share your website, social media, and how people can find you and potentially book with you.
2: Cool. Um, so, best way to uh, get a hold of us or to find us is uh, the website is coast2costa.com um, and it's C O A S T T O C O S T A.com. So, it's coast in English to costa in Spanish. Um, Instagram is the same handle. Uh, those two are good or you can email me at andrew at costacosta.com those are the best places and that will all all be in in our our show notes notes. i'm never on them yeah yeah Yeah.
1: all All right. right let's jump into it so you can answer in one word you can give us a few sentences whatever you like whatever comes to mind uh let's get into it five questions okay all right i'll start off uh andrew what is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel
2: uh uh freedom
0: all right what what travel book had the biggest influence on your life
2: oh the travel book that had the biggest influence oh actually um it wasn't necessarily a travel book but it was the anthony bourdain one his first one um the kitchen uh kitchen confidential i really really liked kitchen coffee before and i was working in kitchens um and then i started reading because uh, after he wrote kitchen confidential he got famous and got the show and all that stuff and then that led to me reading his other books where he traveled around and, and all that stuff And I was like, okay. that's
1: that's a book that someone recommended to me and i said nah, you know i don't really care about the restaurant industry and, right. and, and this person so knowing i was into travel and just i guess into and obviously as a result you know you're, you're involved or know about anthony verdane i gave it a listen and i did the audiobook and he actually yeah. narrates the audio oh book. cool And so it was a phenomenal book and really insightful. I really enjoyed it. And I have his biography that we actually received through the podcast that I've been planning on reading this year. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Bob, number three. Uh, From these options, what aspects of travel have had the biggest impact on your experiences? The landscape, the history, the architecture, the food, or the people?
2: I think people. I think the people is, is the thing. I'm very much an extrovert. I'm very much a people person. And mm-hmm. there's something where I'm like, all the other things sort of drew me in. Architecture and landscape and kind of the, the food culture part of it like drew me in, but the people keep me going back.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. well said. Well said. Yeah. And what poetic, is see,
2: I Poetic,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> uh, what is one thing travelers should not do?
2: Oh, uh, I d- don't assume that and that English. This is kind of a, a specifically an American thing. Um, me being an American, I, I say this. Don't assume that everybody knows English and knows what you're talking about. Like, try to learn at least the the politenesses of hello, thank you. Do uh, Do you speak English? Is a really nice thing to learn in someone else's language. Yeah. Well, yeah that's Don't great assume place. that everybody that we're the center of the universe. It's yeah. not, it's not nice.
1: That's a good one. And last good question. Way. What is one piece of advice you give to yourself 10 years ago?
2: Just as um, you're starting coast to coast. Yeah. Just as I'm starting coast to coast. I would have given the advice to myself of traveling more places without for not work, um, going more places with my wife, going more places, solo trips. Um, I did so many of the same ones with groups of people And then pandemic happened and I was always like, I'll go later. I'll go later. I'll go later. There's so many places on my on my list, right, of places to see. And I would I I always said go later and then COVID happened and we have a baby now. And later is now later than I had expected. Um, So I would tell myself, don't just travel for work. Don't only do, you know, the coast to coast trips with other people that you have to sort of work on them. Go and bust out with a friend or go with your wife or go with just myself. And I would have, I would have, I wish I would have, Of, uh, I wish I would have done more, more things. So again, especially with COVID kind of slowing things down, I'm like, Oh, it makes me nervous that I can't go do stuff. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's good. Advice. As much
2: as you can go and see as much stuff as you can, because yeah, you can. your, your later might not happen. Shit happens mm-hmm. in life. A pandemic happens. A lovely little daughter is what we have now, which, which inhibits the, these things. You never know what's going to come around the corner in life that may, now is the time to go and do stuff. Now, whenever that now is for you. Now is all you
1: have, right? Now, yeah. is, all have. now, now all have. is all
2: you know. Well yeah. One, well, yeah, now is all that's promised. It, one thing that I did on my first trip, which I thought was so smart, like I didn't have any money. And I, when I bought the one-way tickets to, to, I bought a, they used to have these tickets that was, you, you schedule the date and it's like a, you can choose the return date. So I booked one of those things was $650. The year was 2004. Um, I didn't have much. I, ha- I had no money. I was like a college student working in restaurants. And I, as soon as I got $650, I bought the ticket. It's another just advice for travelers in general. Buy the flight, figure everything else out afterwards. Yeah. Pick some dates that are like a couple months out, purchase that flight, then you're in, you've made the leap and yep. then you figure out everything else. Yeah, I like yep. doing so that. Like I want to get it perfect. And then I'm going to book it all. Don't do that. No, no. Yeah,
1: no. That's, that's great advice. All right. all right, Andrew. Thanks again for coming on the show. And I think we've confirmed that you'll probably come on, maybe towards the end of next summer, maybe a little, a few months before Day of the Dead. We'll talk about Day of the Dead and and get pumped up for it. And for sure, we'll see yeah. What happens?
2: Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep having conversations. We'll hopefully put together one of these Day, day of the Dead trips. Bring some people along. I, mean, I like it. it. I like, I like it too. All thanks right, guys, again. Very good to see you. Nice to talk to you all.
1: Let's go to the Day of the Dead. I think we have to. I think we have to, man. And this is how it happened. This is how it happened with Peru. This is how it happened with
2: Morocco. Morocco.
1: Yep. Which is which is great. It is uh, 2023, I, right? And and you know, we should say that we were leaning towards Day of the Dead, but COVID kind of threw a wrench in that. And we did touch up on it on the episode. So 2023, Day of the Dead. You heard it here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yep. If you love the show and you want to support the podcast, you can do so by giving us a rating, whether that's on iTunes or any other podcast platform that you listen on. Uh, please share this with friends and family and follow us on social media. Like it, comment. It really helps us out. Any any engagement we get is great for the show. It helps with the social media algorithms, like Bob likes to say. Mm-hmm. And stay tuned next week. Stay, stay safe and stay healthy.